Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is a very special bonus episode. We've teamed up with our good friends at Bathroom Brands to bring you this fascinating interview with their CEO, Stephen Ewer. He took over there a year ago, which was, of course, weeks after the first lockdown came into effect. And since then, he's successfully steered the company through the crisis to the point where it's now launching new ranges, new strategies, and pledging its commitment and its future to independent retailers. As one of the biggest suppliers in the bathroom sector, the fortunes of bathroom brands are naturally an indicator of the fortunes of the KBB market as a whole. So even if you're a kitchen person, I really recommend listening to this one if you want some real insight into what's happening. And you can, of course, find out much more about bathroom brands at bathroombrands.com. But before we meet Stephen... As always, a quick reminder that the best way to listen to this and all podcasts, for that matter, is by using an app such as Apple Podcasts. That way you can listen on the go when you're walking the dog, as everyone suddenly seems to have, or strolling to the pub for a drink outside in the freezing wind and rain. All you need to do is search KBB Review, or one word, and we will appear. Then you can subscribe to make sure that every new episode pops up in your feed. You can also rate and review us to encourage others to give us a try. So let's get inside the mind of the CEO of one of the biggest bathroom groups in the UK. So hopefully, down the line, we have Stephen Ewart from Bathroom Brands. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Andrew. It's good to hear you. It's good to hear you too. Senna, where are you today? Uh, today, I'm uh, back in our offices in Dartford uh, for the first time for a number of months. So uh, really glad to get out and about. So that's good. So you're basically doing some dusting and some wiping down and everything like that, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm plugging everything back in. Now, uh, there's a lot I want to cover here today, Stephen, if that's okay. But can we start with a bit of an overview of bathroom brands in general, if we may? I think everyone will know you, obviously, but for those who have been living under a stone, can you just sort of briefly fill us in on the history? And I think in particular, the scale of the operation here in the UK. So um, bathroom brands group is a combination of bathroom brands who came together with Crosswater to form the group. The current scale in the UK uh, is around 80 million sales, and we operate through four brands, our power brands of Crosswater and Burlington, and then we have Briton uh, and Clearwater, which I term emerging brands, but they're they're great brands in, in their own right. Yeah, and I think, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's been a real contraction of the number of brands under the bathroom brands umbrella as part of the sort of ongoing strategy that you've got there, isn't there? Yeah, there has, and that, that's been implemented over the last few years. Some of the acquisitions that the group have made have been over time you know, felt best to consolidate under our power brands of, of Crosswater and Burlington. Okay, now let's go back 12 months here, because one of the reasons why we're talking today is you became CEO there about a year ago. It was April 2020, wasn't it? Now, some may say, Stephen, some may say that taking on the big chair in one of the biggest suppliers in the market a few weeks into a a pandemic lockdown might seem a little bit strange. So what was going through your head as you watched all that unfold as your start date approached? I I think that one of the most overused phrases over the last 12 months has probably been unprecedented. So didn't really know what to expect. I was fortunate enough to meet with some of the senior team just a few days before lockdown cut in. So that was tremendously supportive. But I really had to get my head around how to engage with the wider uh, team, having not met most of the team. And so we all had to, you know, orientate ourselves around 
Zoom and, and Teams and actively use that tool to meet everybody and establish, you know, my presence within the business. Yeah, and that's very, very difficult at the best of times when you're coming in to, to run a big company like that. But with everybody scattered to the winds a little bit and nobody really knowing what was going to happen or what was happening, uh, it makes it 10 times the challenge. I think what's fascinating about the dynamic of this company is that it is, as you say, a combination of brands that were started by two really big industry personalities, big entrepreneurs in this market with, with Patrick Riley on the bathroom brand side and David Hans on the crosswater side. And over the years, they've shaped these very successful companies in their image, so to speak. But now they've come and they've handed it over to you. So how do you sort of continue their vision while also creating your own? And having said that, what is the Stephen Ewer vision for this company? What was your goals coming into this thing? Yeah, so as you say, Patrick and Dave are big figures and big personalities within the industry. And they've built and grown a tremendous business. I think it's a very natural time for me to come in to the business as a CEO to bring the wider business together and take it to the next level and through the next chapter of the business's journey. And what I found coming in is great brands, a really great team and uh, an immense amount of experience and talent for the size of the business. And we've got some really exciting plans, some of which were in train prior to my joining and a number that we've developed over the last 12 months. Okay, so you're right here and now, you're 12 months on. How, how is business for you at the moment? You know, retail's reopened, we're on our way down a roadmap. What's your assessment of the market as it stands today? If we look back through last year, I think this, as, as much of the industry experience, we, there was a a very strong bounce back in the second half of the year last year. So we, as you may well be aware, we stayed open throughout that period through through the whole of the pandemic. And this has served us, I think, really well as a business and with our retail partners. And last year, you know, we ended the year within touching distance of our plan. And that momentum has carried on into this year. And we've we've had a very you know, very encouraging and strong start to the year. The resilience and ingenuity of retailers to continue to trade through this period has been quite impressive from my point of view. We would anticipate that there would be some further upturn and bounce back now that retailers are able to open. And we're supporting that with a number of promotions and uh, welcome back campaigns immediately so we, we've uh, we've initiated those and we will be holding our annual sale later in the year uh, and it'll be a bigger and deeper sale than ever before one of the things that's affected everybody is the supply and logistics you know transporting stuff from a to b and whether that's brexit whether that's ports whether that's ships blocking the Suez canal whatever it is it's affected everyone so what's been the effect on you of that and what have you done to mitigate any inevitable delays yeah so we've we've experienced that as well as the rest of the industry so we've we've got a very strong team out in uh, asia so we've you know we've got experience on the ground we've got a very strong relationship with our deep sea shipping partners and that has certainly helped us along the way in a very close coordination. It's been a very high area of focus. But in addition to that, 
we took the decision as a business quite early on that given the sort of uncertainty, you know, that was compounded by the logistics issues, we put further investment into stock to buffer some of the impact of delays and difficulty forecasting through the coming months. So that contingency stock has helped us uh, maintain high availability levels. And in turn, we've also continued to provide through most of the period next day service. There was a short period where due to demand, we, we reduced that uh, that service, but very, very high service levels throughout. Talk to me a little bit, actually, you touched on it a little bit there, but talk to me a little bit about the importance and value of independent retailers to your business and your strategy. Because I've always seen the bathroom brands, crosswater groups, as operating squarely within that independent retail market, even though I know you touch on some contract work. But, you know, independent retailers really are the core of your business, aren't they? Absolutely. Independent retail and, you know, retail in, in, in general is firmly the DNA of the business. And we have a really strong presence with more than a thousand displaying outlets across the country. We have a sales team of circa 35 engaging with retailers you know, every day and working together with our retail partners. We put in place, uh, we've got a rolling promotional program. So we try and keep that energy. We've got a very strong new product introduction program that we take input, obviously strong input from our customer group and you know this year there's a rollover from 2020 new product introduction uh, which will annualize this year as well as the 2021 program so very strong refreshed offering in showering across enclosures with both six mil and now our 10 mil ranges of optics and gallery with our crossbox push which has been extremely well received and we've been busy throughout lockdown together with our retail partners uh, supporting installations and new displays for when retail can you know reopen to the public where does your strategy sit in terms of online retail what's your view on how bathroom brands tackles that because it's a very big market it's a lucrative market you want to sell stuff but it's one that the majority of independent showroom retailers see as the enemy so where does it sit in your vision yeah it's one of the big questions i think in across retail at the moment. My starting point probably would be best described from some independent research we've done in the last couple of months where we've talked to consumers. And what that's shown is that more than 80% of consumers still want to have that in-store experience. And whilst there's been a shift and an acceleration towards online purchasing broadly and within our sector, and we need to cater for that customer group. You know, we're endeavoring to do that without creating channel conflict. So we've got mechanisms in place, such as selective distribution, which works on an equivalency principle so that the standards in which the way our brand is presented online and in store are comparable. And that supports the consumer to have a choice. And in respect to independent retailers, we are upscaling our support. And I would, you know, term it broad digital support. So, you know, support with content, practical support with training, so that we can work together with independent retail to give the consumer that 
that choice and actually and actually service that preference that consumers have still to have that in-store experience. And we, we really believe in that. And some might describe that as an omni-channel model in the future. But for me, the omni, the omni part is actually more about enabling the consumer through their journey, which now pretty much will always start online. But it's the use of, uh, we're using a lot of, from a brand point of view, we're using a lot of social media, a lot of influencers, we're developing our online content, which then is used not only in our websites, but in all our partners' websites and social media to inspire and inform the consumer and to direct them to their point of conversion. You know, and I go back to that statistic that more than 80% of consumers still express a preference to have that in-store experience. So we see the future whilst influenced digitally, the independent retailers, you know, are still going to be the mainstay of the buying experience. Yes, I think you're right. I think online as a start of a research journey uh, is incredibly important and, and, and brands like yours have an enormous part to play in that. But I think at the end of the day, as we've proved while all the showrooms have been closed, people want to go in and actually look and feel and touch and see things for themselves. Let's go back to, to you personally a minute because, you know, you're running a big company there. You've been there a year. And, you know, you've run big companies in the past. You didn't just, you know, drive a cab or something and they gave you the job. But no matter how experienced you are, no one's faced what's happened in the last year and it's still happening. So what lessons do you think you have learned as a leader that you'll take away from all this? I think we've we've seen and we've all seen that there are alternative ways of working and alternative ways of engaging both within the business, with our teams, but also with our customers and our suppliers. And of course, that has been a need and a a point of necessity over the last 12 months. And we'll clearly revert back to a much more recognisable and normal way of working over the coming months. I think my reflection, one of my key reflections is that we you know, we now need to navigate what the, you know, what the future ways of working needs to look like, incorporating, you know, some of those learnings that we've had uh, over the last 12 months. And I think another learning I've taken is to really sort of from coming into a new business during this time, I've learned an awful lot more than I thought initially or anticipated I would about the resilience of the business and the agility of the business. And, you know, the commitment of both the team, but also our customers and suppliers. So it's actually been a a much not, I wouldn't say easier, easy, but, you know, more enjoyable process in that regard than, you know, you might have anticipated back in April last year. It's brought out the entrepreneur and everyone in, in a small kind of way. That's my that's my feeling about it. You know that everyone who would you would never have thought would have been able to suddenly go off and you know work from their bedroom and work without as much guidance or instruction as they were used to has really surprised everybody. I think. Yeah, I I, I fully agree, and and we've seen some real. I mean, the whole te- you know the whole team's been amazing, and the business, you know, bathroom brands business is is also characterized by an entrepreneurial desire and, and vein. And that's come through at every level of the business over the last 12 months. And it's, a real, it's been a real pleasure for me to, to join and lead a team during this period that's been so proactive. 
Yes, and of course, there's still probably quite a few people that you haven't met in person. <laughs> there are a few. They are reducing, but there probably are still a few. And I was actually reflecting earlier today with a colleague that in, in all the addresses in, in our staff communication calls and different forums we, we have, I've not actually done any of those face-to-face yet. So um, looking forward to that. People won't know what you look like in three dimensions, will they? <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got legs. I have a body below, <laughs> below button three. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what comes next, you know, life beyond the lockdown. Because, you know, you haven't rested on your laurels. There are new ranges coming out. But they do represent a kind of shift in strategic approach to these new ranges, don't they? As well as running the business in the way we've discussed in the last 12 months, we've also undertaken a full sort of assessment of the business uh, and put a three-year plan in place. And the product launches that you're referring to that we've got coming through at the moment, I mean, we have a major launch under our traditional brand on Burlington of Riviera. So we've got Burlington Riviera, uh, which is being launched currently. And this is uh, the first sort of major collection that we've launched under Burlington for a number of years. And the Riviera range within the design concept, as well as capturing that period, has also been designed in mind to fit into more modern environments. So it, it sort of stretches the reach of that range. And, and looking at the contemporary brand of Crosswater, we also have increasingly common themes across the categories, particularly colour and then texture. So if you're buying a a showering solution from Crosswater, if you buy the Crossbox Push, for example, and the, you know, the optics, 10 mil enclosure, all all of the fixtures are matching in colour. And we have an exact match across those and all the associated brassware. So it's offering a full bathroom suite uh, with matching colours, textures uh, and design themes. And this is very much being built into our uh, new product roadmap going forward. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to get a proper look at all that. Now, you, you said there, you know, you've got a three-year plan. Let's sort of round this off here by seeing what your view of the long-term market is. How easy is it to plan three years ahead, given the uncertainty of everything that's happening? And what is your view on how the whole market's going to go over the next three to five years? Yeah, it's a very good point. So when, when we look at planning, I think we're really talking about setting strategic, you know, our strategic priorities. And then, of course, you, you know, you put your, your plans in place. But as all plans, you know, they're out of date very quickly and they need to be course adjusted. But I think having that common purpose and those agreed strategic priorities, you know, is vital, especially you know, in times where there's quite a lot of uncertainty in the market. I think we've touched on some of the themes already in terms of the uh, the way in which we see the market developing in that there's a continued need for independent retail to remain, let's say, relevant within, you know, increasingly digital environment. And we're committed and planning to support that. We see overall that the uh, the trend of what I would refer to as nesting with this increased focus of and priority of personal um, income and expenditure going into the home. I think that trend, we see that trend as set to continue for some time. So we see quite a positive outlook in terms of the, you know, the market development. And then within that, there are specific 
areas which we would look to you know align our uh, new product development and new product introduction to to capitalize on so some of those trends such as color and textures we see continuing but you know there are other areas you know that we're exploring and these include things like together with nesting there's an interest increasingly in wellness and spas and and those kinds of areas which i think present interesting interesting outlooks are you more inclined as well when doing longer term plans like that to think about the unthinkable like to just think what would we do if there's an asteroid strike or, or killer robots from the future or something are you more inclined to to build in there somehow some kind of contingency for the unknown you know such as a pandemic i guess right so it's it's very difficult to sort of actually build into your planning you know for that sort of magnitude of unexpected event however i I think you know as a business if you understand where you are where you're heading and you've got a high level of ability to maneuver i think that is increasingly important in in business today the whole industry was work was moving very much towards a kind of just-in-time model of everything you know that all the logistics ran incredibly smoothly and then suddenly you've got yeah a lot of people up their stock levels in anticipation of a no deal brexit and then i think that's bailed a lot of people out because they'd already they had more stock than they probably would have normally had i'm just wondering whether you might be more inclined to hold stock more than you would have done before you know as a just in case because you just don't know what might happen do you yes i think um i think you're right i think there is a a change in in perspective in in relation to you know with greater uncertainty you need to build buffers and you know we we are uh, as I said at the outset, we, you know, we have taken the view and continue to take the view that we will hold contingency stock to smooth out, you know, some of the uncertainties and difficulty in forecasting and some of those uncertainties in, in supply chains that we've experienced in recent months. And I think there are further steps that we would take together with our supply partners and our customers to ensure that we have availability in the market and to our retailers. But it won't just be about holding more inventory in our warehouses. It, it will be putting a wider system in place across the whole supply chain. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how the whole industry reacts to that in the long term. Look, Stephen, we could talk about this all day, and it's so interesting. And I think Bathroom Brand is a real bellwether for, for how the industry is performing. Uh, and so to see what you're doing now and what you'll do next, I think, is is so interesting. But I'm afraid the clock's beating us here a bit. So I'll let you go back and, and actually do your day job. So thank you so much for your time, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Andrew. Pleasure speaking to you. Thanks, Stephen.